Another edition of Leaving Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas, with my co-host, Emil Carr. I hope everybody's doing good on this Monday afternoon or evening, right? Yeah, happy, happy Monday, Monday, everyone. I don't know what's going on there. I hear an echo with you, Emil Carr. As always, uh, you know, uh, we didn't go on the YouTube just because of the fact that um, um, I didn't know whether or not it was going to work, and I just didn't want to deal with that whole situation on being on YouTube. And, you know, we had that issue as we did last time So instead, we're just on Blog Talk right now So um, I hope uh, everybody's tuned in We got a great show scheduled for today We got super middleweight, also middleweight He's campaigning in both weight classes uh, uh, Clay Clower Cla- Dude, I can't even pronounce his last name right now uh, Clay I just went brain dead right now Help me out here, Milkar Collard, uh, God. Collard, right? Yeah, yeah Collard. Collard, yeah. Yeah, see? Yeah, I just went brain dead there for a moment because I was looking at something else here. And we got Diego uh, Magaleno um, with us, and we got some topics. We're going to talk Ryan Garcia. We're going to talk uh, Canelo and the potential opponents that are pre- being presented or are asking uh, for the Canelo fight um, because there's still nobody on the date list for Canelo to step in. On the DAZN OTT app there uh, As well as there's talks of Terrence Crawford Against Jose Ramirez um, That's a very exciting fight If Jose Ramirez uh, Kind of roll out the plan that he's hoping to accomplish Which is get in with Josh Taylor Unify that Leave the 140 division Jump up to the 147 division um, Then we're going to talk UFC Why are they doing better than boxing? And then hopefully we get into the boxing schedule. Uh, so uh, stay with us, man. And if you want to call in, certainly can't. 347-215-7598 here on a leaving ring. I'll be checking out the switchboard. And then uh, we should be patching in uh, Clay at uh, 515 here on leaving ring. And then we'll have immediately after that, we'll have uh, Jesse, I mean, uh, not Jesse, uh, Diego Magdaleno with us as well. First topic I do want to bring up and talk about here is because um, we had last week, if you missed it, we had uh, Roberto Diaz, the matchmaker of Golden Boy, come through and talk to us here on the show. Now, here's the thing. Because a lot of folks, uh, we talked about this too, right, Emilcar, about yes, we did. The, the fans uh, just kind of being like hypnotized with numbers. And that just seems to be the most popular thing to talk about is numbers, 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 and what this guy's doing on, on social media, et cetera, et cetera. How much now, money he's making. Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything against that. I think a lot of, you know, uh, people that tuned in and didn't, I guess I didn't make myself clear enough, you know, Emil. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to make it perfectly clear, okay, because I had some fans even coming on. I had this one guy that if I finally have to mute you, it's because we're now on a 
argument, debate about who's got a bigger dick on the comment box. And I don't like playing that game, you know. I'm just not one of those guys that's going to sit there all day going back and forth, and then you're starting to take the argument completely in a different direction. And one of the arguments is he's like saying, you got to give Ryan Garcia some slack. Canelo Alvarez was fighting, uh, you know, the Jason Valdez of the world at the age of 20. Uh, that wasn't true. He wasn't. At the age of 20, okay, he had already, he had already fought uh, Carlos Baldemir and knocked him out, which nobody had stopped Carlos Baldemir like that. You know I mean? He put him flat on his face, okay? Yeah, tough at, dude. At, and he had like 35 fights underneath his belt when he debuted it on HBO. And a lot of folks have said that he's got even more fights underneath his belt that wasn't recorded in Mexico. Okay, by the age of 21, he stepped in with contender and champion Alfonso Gomez. Then he went in with Kermit Cintron, who was considered a big puncher. Then he got in and, uh, at the age of 22. He gets in with Shane Mosley, Austin Trout, and then Josecito Lopez. So here's my thing. There is no comparisons because Canelo waited his turn. He listened to his handlers. As Roberto Diaz and Ernesto Gabriel came on and had brought up and mentioned on here, which a lot of us or, you know, with common sense, we could see this. He's getting a lot of bad advice. It's not the advice that, that he should be taking right now. What he should be doing is allowing Roberto Diaz to match him carefully so that when he's ready and he's got all the tools and they've all sharpened and polished, he'll be ready to take that next step. But what's happening is a kid is going, hey, I want – this so-and-so fight and this so-and-so fight has to happen. Okay, now, if he wants it, I agree, Milkar, give it to him. But if you're yeah. going to give him more money, my opinion is he needs to fight the bigger names, the Luke Campbells of the world, well, the Jorge Norris. I don't agree with that 100%. Um, right. There have been plenty of people – throughout the history of boxing who have uh actually david i'm hearing a huge echo on your line am i on a speakerphone let me correct that i think i know what the yeah. problem is give me a second mm-hmm. yeah just plug in the headphones perfect go ahead all right should be good now so yeah what i was saying was boxing has been you know it has a long history of kind of very popular young fighters who come up and don't necessarily fight the best opposition but get huge paydays because they're draws on TV and draws at the gate. So if what he's saying is I'm bringing in the viewers and I'm putting ashes in seats and therefore I should be paid a lot, I can agree with that. But if he's not doing that and then he's also fighting lower-level competition and asking to be paid, then that's kind of where I have a problem with it. See, and here's the thing with what, what, I, what I see with the kid. I don't have a problem with the kid. If whatever he wants, I just want to see him. You look, if he's asking for a meal or more, because remember this, uh, in 2019, he ended up signing on with Golden Boy in the most lucrative deal for a prospect, right? Yeah. Highest paid, whatever. That's what he got. Okay. And, and, this third time around, he's now complaining, like, look, they don't, they don't want to pay me more money to fight so-and-so. 
Now, I agree with them, then I disagree with them. I agree with them. Like, look, if you're going to fight another Jason Les, you shouldn't get these high pays. But if you're going to fight Lou Campbell, I think he should get the big money. Well, I think that, again, and, and here's the thing. I'm not blaming Ryan Garcia, and that's why I want to clarify. I'm not blaming the kid if he wants to get paid. He's got to get paid. Who, if I had a point blame to, I would have to blame the zone. The zone decided to bring on two YouTubers onto the network. Jake Paul, who at the time of 2018, recorded by Forbes, was, a, was making, what, $21.5 million off of YouTube, okay? Uh, Logan and, and, and that guy, KC, they made $900,000 in their purse when they fought at the Staples that, got, you know, brought 12,000 people to come and witness it in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, it streamed. Uh, it streamed on the... the the zone YouTube seven hundred and seventy three thousand, and then it did on Twitch four hundred thousand uh, for the Jake Paul and Gib. Now, I think what what I think what the problem is is that the zone like before to me has kind of always they made the mistake of opening up their wallet and exposing how much they have in the bank before they really had rolled out a plan. What they figured is I'm going to. Entice. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, uh, flirt with these fighters that are money hungry, and I'm going to bring them my way, and, and it's going to be interesting, and this is what I'm going to do. So if Canelo and his team saw this, and they're like, hey, wait a minute, you know, this guy Jake Paul has like what 19 million uh, YouTube uh, followers, and I got, let me see, what I wrote it down here. I mean, he's got like 6.7 on Instagram, and he also has draw big numbers to the gate he's in his right to say i want these fights because you got two nobodies you're paying them nine hundred thousand. hernis you're paying them nine hundred thousand. Well, agree other, to it the other aspect to it too david is that if someone whether it's jake paul or uh, ryan garcia has a huge social media following that's also free publicity for the zone if they're not getting right. paid because every time they post to instagram or to uh, Twitter or wherever they have an online presence talking about their fight, that's going to drive subscribers for the zone. So again, if I'm from Ryan Garcia's standpoint, I'm like, bitch, that's not free. You got paid. right, but we don't. But see, here's the thing: is the zone has not even reported, or I haven't seen it, saying that it did have these new uh, subscribers uh, that signed up and stayed with them. You know, there's really no clear message if that if that's really came to fruition that this happened. So we really don't know that. So I understand when I hear like promoters or even, uh, you know, certain managers say there's no way of really making that transition. There's no way of really a, a, a saying that, Hey, his followers are going to jump over and do this, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, you opened that door. Am I wrong about that? I mean, you opened that door by inviting two YouTubers based on what their subscribers and their followers thinking that this is what it's going to invite and this is what we're going to get, then it's in every right for Ryan Garcia to say, hey, I should get the same treatment. You know? I should yeah, be able to. Especially, especially if he's a real fighter. Exactly. And, and, and he's a real fighter. This guy's really putting in the work, you know, where these uh, the Jake Pauls and, and, and whatever the other, Logan Paul, uh, what they're saying is like, hey, we're jumping YouTube shit because 
you, you know, there's a cap at what we're doing, and there isn't a cap in boxing. And we believe that we train hard and we got Shane Mosley on our corner that we can actually make a bigger noise and get bigger money. Well, then yeah. you, it's like they're stepping on the toes of kids like Ryan Garcia, Virgil Ortiz, who actually have put in all the work, went into the traditional way of, of building, getting themselves out there. And Ryan Garcia did the other thing that's not traditional, which is get himself out there on social media and has done a phenomenal job. So if that's what – I'm with him. If he says, you paid these guys, and nobody seemed to have a problem with it, giving these guys a platform and giving them 900000 because of their potential followers signing up with the zone, you shouldn't have a problem with me then. That, that would be my argument if I, had, if I was representing him. But my argument as a boxing fan is that's cool, but I'd like to see you step in with the Luke Campbells of the world. I, I'm, I'm kind of like, are we going to get there or we're not? And if we're not, then I don't want to hear about money. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, from a boxing standpoint, Dave, your biggest interest is I want to see the biggest, biggest and most meaningful fights. Right. And I can totally see that, whereas this generation's, I shouldn't say this generation's, but the new generation of boxing fan isn't just taking into consideration skill set and uh, the kind of things that maybe the older generations would have. They're also looking at social media numbers, uh, purses, and are now, you know, looking at things from a kind of a manager or as Steve Kim, I think, coined the term manager perspective. Yeah, which is like I, mean, I said, it's just that's just you're not um, getting you're not getting the money, you're not giving the getting the social media followers. So why do you care? But you know, unfortunately, there were it's people. A, it's like the movie fan that cares how much the Avengers made at the box office, if not more, at, at least as much as they care how much quality is actually in the movie. They just wanted yeah, to be dude. the biggest movie of the year because guess what? They like the Avengers as opposed to actually going out and enjoying the movie for what it is in, in its own right. It is, it is really, really strange with the obsession of pay-per-view numbers, um, how much this fighter's making, uh, you know, whatnot and whatnot. I mean, that obsession is just, it's, it's honestly, it's kind of turned me off. And that's why like, I will mute you or whatever, like block you. If that's all you want to talk about and that's your argument is, and, and especially if you start bringing up Canelo at the age of 20 and what he's done and that, you know, you know, look at the, I mean, he, he fought an ex-world champion, you know, and we were hearing about money. What we were hearing is the potential. That's what we were hearing the most was the potential he has. And this is what we're going to do with him. You know, now, yeah. granted, granted, I was one of them that complained that I wanted to see him a little bit more after he got a title, which that's not to complain with Ryan Garcia. He hasn't received the title, but he's acting as if he should get paid as if, as if he has a title or he's like an Olympian. But again, it's a double-edged sword because the zone, for one, opened up that wallet and for two, invited two YouTubers based on a subscription subscription base and and that's I think that's where they they screwed up okay let me um 
Let's see if we can get Clay on there. Um, leave the ring. Hello. Yeah, can I please speak to Clay? Uh, this is him. Hey, how you doing, brother? This is Dave Duenas and Emil Carr from Leaving the Ring. Welcome to the show, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the interview. Just uh, took a break from class. I got my other teammates up there teaching, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. You kind of came out in, in, yeah, I said, uh, really, I mean, you came out with a huge bang in January. I mean, you just kind of exploded. Let me ask you, has, has things changed for you a bit, or are you still kind of going through the motions of what's happening for you and within your boxing career? Um, I'm just showing up in training and showing up and fighting, you know. Nothing's really changed. I mean, I do more phone interviews, and I have more followers on, on my Instagram. But, I mean, nothing's really changed for me. I'm just, uh, after a fight, I take a couple of days off and get right back to work, so. Now, the popularity, obviously, it's it's got to, like, really pick up, man. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> what was the... What was the sole reason why you decided? Because you're you're doing MMA, and then you went into boxing. What was the reason with boxing? I mean, why did you decide? Hey, I'm going to go this route, and I'm going to you know uh, you know see what I can do, what kind of buzz I can create. Why didn't you decide to stick with MMA uh, completely? So honestly, uh, it was kind of getting hard to to get the right kind of fights in MMA. Uh, they they either wanted me to fight somebody that. You know, I just didn't – I wasn't excited about fighting or they wanted me to fight somebody and not pay me enough. And so it's getting kind of hard there. And my coach is like, man, we should just do some boxing and, you know, it'll help your fight game all around, whether it's, you know, your, your boxing stand-up or just, you know, you can take it over into MMA as well. So we honestly started boxing just to, just to uh, get better – at, at mixed martial arts, you know, so. Oh, wow. A milk car? Are you there, milk car? Yeah, you can ask yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, here. I'm here, I'm here. Can you hear me, Dave? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I have a question for you, Clay, and thanks so much for being on our show today, and congrats also for your recent success uh, in boxing. I mean, it's always, you know, nice to root for the underdog and, and see an underdog come through in fights. So I'm sure you've been an inspiration to a lot of young fighters and a lot of fight fans. My question is more about the preparation for your fights. What is the difference really between preparing for an MMA fight and uh, having an MMA fight camp and preparing for a boxing match and having a, a boxing fight camp? Um, so it, when I'm getting ready for mixed martial arts, uh, I, I got to worry about the takedown. You know, I, I'm a stand up fighter. I, I like, like of course, boxing, you know, kickboxing. So that's where I want my fight game, or my, my fight to go is in, in the stand-up. So we focus on, uh, a lot more on, like, um, takedown defense, getting up off the bottom, um, stuff like that. Whereas in boxing, I can just focus on that whole stand-up, you know, just on my hands. So, um, yeah, that's the main difference is just, getting you ready for, you know, 
fighting on the ground and jujitsu and, and, and wrestling. So. Do you usually bring in boxers into your MMA camps, uh, Clay, or do you usually practice striking with fellow MMA fighters? Yeah, so I just have um, um, a small team. Um, there's four of us all together, and um, we just work with each other. I have done some sparring at other places and, and traveled to gyms and stuff like that, but recently I've just had, had my four guys, and we just get after it. So Cool. You, you know, when you um... – in, in January, when you fought that kid at Prospect, which was pretty hot, you know, from, uh, you know, uh, Raymond uh, Gualdo, and uh, I got to tell you this. I mean, he was so disrespectful that I was like, man, I hope this kid, Clay, because I had never heard of you, never saw you, and I was like, I hope this Clay Clay at least gets one big shot, one big hit to kind of humble him up a, minute, a, a bit. But then you made this into a fight of the year, like, immediately. I mean, you just came out there. And, 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 and when Adam, let me ask you, because you had, you had two fights prior to that, you had a TKO on your record. You got, you know, you lost a fight. When, when did you make a decision that, you know what, I got to do something here. You know, I got to not, you know, make my presence. I got to go out there and just give it all balls out. So honestly, with that, uh, Guajardo fight, he, he came out the aggressor, you know, he came out throwing that, that, uh, the lead right hook. He, he came out and started, you know, trying to pop shots with me. Right. And I didn't expect him. I didn't expect him to come out that strong. Usually that's me. You know, I thought he was going to dance around a little more and try to pick his shots and kind of box me. But when, when he came out, you know, head on, I, I just, you know, thanked him because that's what, that's what I like to do, you know. So you want to go head-to-head with me, we're going to bang. And, and I did catch him with that. I think it was the left hook that I dropped him with first. So, um, yeah, that's just how I'm, I'm, an, I'm an aggressive fighter. Um, you know, I think the best defense is good offense, you know. so Right. You know, do you yeah. – do you, do you, do you search the, the like like on, on social media do you be like look at the comments uh, and, uh, um, you're trying to cut other, out a little bit you say that again like the boxing I was kind of found it weird that after your last win go ahead uh, could you say that again you're kind of breaking yeah, up on me I was me. saying do you follow social media like do you like comment Listen to what the box uh, insiders are saying because um I don't I don't really pay too much attention I don't really pay too much attention that that after your last win there was a lot of boxing insiders that were saying hey congratulations but Uh, I lost you guys completely. Yeah, because I thought it was weird with saying, wait until the guy that moves it. This is the wrong story here. Isn't this we all lose the dog coming on top? I'm sorry, guys. You guys are breaking up on me still. Oh, no, sir. Can you hear us? I'm, ca- I'm catching some of it, but. Let me back up. Yeah, can you hear Okay, uh, yeah, a little bit. I don't know. Um, 
Hmm. Yeah. I'll get up and call you back and see if that works. Okay. I mean, are we having an issue over there? Because I hear him perfect. On my yeah, end. David, I can't, I can't, I, we couldn't hear you. At, well, we could hear you, but you were chipping in and out really bad. Okay. Let me try again. Yeah, now, now, I, now I can hear you, but also the video was that I, on Skype, it was really chipping in and out too when you were speaking. Okay. So let me, see me call him back in and see if we can get him. Is there any way to Let's call him this. in through your phone? Call him in through your phone? That's what I'm doing. Hello. So, yeah, now, now can you hear us clear? Now it's clear. Yeah, I can hear you much better. Thank you. Perfect. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think I figured it out here. I don't know what's going on. but So, again, I was saying was I thought it was really weird to see a lot of boxing insiders congratulate you, but at the same time go, oh, but tell you, this guy gets in with a boxer and, you know, a real boxer. And I was like, what is the, who the fuck has he been getting in with then? If he hasn't been getting in with real boxers, he's been getting in. And I'm also thinking, like, your story's like a great story. It's it's what we root for. This is what we like, a, a Rocky story, a guy that comes from behind and starts, you know, making a, a huge noise into the boxing boxing world. I just found it so weird that, that there was people that are congratulating you, but at the same time that are not accepting you uh, because you just came out of nowhere. Yeah, man. I mean, stylistically, I'm not the the prettiest boxer. So I, I you know, to to somebody who is a purist and, um, you know, that they stick to just boxing, I, I'm, I guess I, I could look a little sloppy. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes I throw with my feet squared up. Sometimes I'm stepping into into southpaw, and I, I'm. I just think that's the reason why that, that they're not giving me the credit is because I, I don't have the prettiest boxing, you know. But, I mean, I make it work. I, I get in there and I get the job done regardless of what, what you know, they think or not. So, You know um, what's crazy about that, though, Clay, is this. In case I, you know, I, me and Milcar, we're, we're hardcore boxing fans. You know, the purists, you know, we're talking about. Uh, watching guys like Pernell Whitaker from Salvador Santos, you know, all the way down history of, of boxers, okay? But sometimes, you know what I like? Sometimes what I like is a guy that just goes out there and says, fuck it, I'm going to try to knock this guy's head off. Um, and it's extremely entertaining. Sometimes I mean, it works. I, it works. Like Arturo Gotti and Mickey Ward, they were boxers, but they just decided to throw the boxing skills out the door, and it attracted fans. So when I see you go out there, it was refreshing because, first off, there's a lot of the elite fighters are not getting in the ring. I mean, you you fought, what, three times already within a couple months span? And I'm just like, okay, this is great. You know, I know more people right now that tuned in to watch your fight uh, a, a week ago because you were on. So that's got to be yeah. that's got to mean something, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've always had exciting fights, even in, in most of my MMA fights. I mean, I've always been an exciting fighter, and that's just because I'm a, I'm aggressive. And so, I mean, I, I like putting on shows for the fans. That's the whole reason I do this, man. I, without them, ain't none of us are making money. So when I walk out of the cage, win, lose, or draw, I want people to go, damn, that was a good fight, you know? So I, I'm going to jump in there and give it everything I have every single time. 
and the analysts can say what they're going to say and you know the the, the fans are going to appreciate my, my fighting style and I'm just going to keep doing my thing so I yeah, I mean, there always have been, uh, I mean, one of my favorite boxers when I was growing up was Vernon Forrest, and he was like the ultimate pure boxer, and, you know, he came up against Carlos Mayorga those two times, especially the first time, and he faced a lot of trouble, so there's always that lane for, for guys who've got a, a, a good skill set, but who also are really tough and, and don't mind getting in there and mixing it up with, like, the most purest uh, of boxers. My last question for you, Clay, is regards, is this your treatment in boxing versus your treatment in MMA, more from the business side of things? Have you noticed any kind of a difference there? Um, You know, it's still a fight game. So I have my coach handle most, most everything like that. Um, I, I I like the the – that money like in MMA they'll do a you know show up you, we pay this much you win we we pay this much more you know so boxing you just show up and and that's your pay you know which is nice um and I mean everybody has carried themselves extremely well the whole time I was um boxing so uh, business wise they're just on top on top of their game I mean everything went smooth especially with the big promotion like yeah, especially with a big promotion like Top Rank, like it's just so organized and it's kind of a breath of fresh air, you know. So it sounds like you're saying that a lot of MMA fighters really have to rely on those bonuses um, in, in fights. Is is that true? So yeah, versus it's like just, uh, just I mean, you get you get paid less if you lose, uh, and then if you win, they'll they, they'll pay you actually you know it'll be like 10 grand to show up and then another 10 grand to win so one of the fighters is always losing a little money that way you know and 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 i like the boxing i mean we're in there putting our bodies on the line and and everything like that so i mean we're getting in there regardless i think it should be a one set pay like it is when you're boxing you know so cool thank you i'm i'm wondering um uh, do you feel like because of what you've done so far, you've taken out some, some like prospects here is what is the plan now? Like as top rank, talk to you about a, a, a plan or, or are you still free agent? What's, what's going on with uh, right now, what you going towards uh, in your career in boxing? So, um, you know, I, I'm hoping to get a couple more fights in and then try to try to get a big name. Um, I, I do have a contract signed with PFL. It's the Professional Fighters League. Uh, they, it's a mixed martial arts tournament, and uh, it's a tournament style throughout the year, and winner of the tournament gets a million dollars. So I do have a contract signed with them for that turn, tournament for next year. And, and right now uh, they canceled their season because of the COVID-19. So... Right. I'm uh I'm just gonna box and try to get a big name before uh, you know, PFL comes around and then I'm I'm gonna go try to win that tournament. So uh I who knows what the future holds. I'm I'm just trying to win some fights and, and get a big name and you know, you make make some money, so you kind of feel like you have a target on your back because of the kind of the exposure you've gotten. Do you feel like, Okay, I gotta up my game even more now because 
you know, um, they're going to probably try to throw in some, uh, you know, more experienced guys, or you're just like, I'm going to take whatever's coming at me before I get that big fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take whatever's coming at me, and, and uh, I'm, I'm going to train hard, I'm going to get ready, and I, I'm going to go in there and win. And when I do that, uh, then, then I'm going to ask for the big name, you know, because I feel like I deserve it, especially if I keep winning. So, uh, you know, I've I've already beat, like you guys were talking about, you know, I beat four undefeated or three undefeated fighters this year that are, you know, 9 and 0, 5 and 0, 6 and 0. So, yeah, I'm just, I'll, I'm going to get in there and win and then, you know, win a couple more fights and, and ask for a big name and, you know, try to get a payday. Man, I'm rooting for you. We're all, we're all rooting for you, brother. I hope uh, you get that big payday and keep going out there and doing what you're doing. And don't change up too much, man. Stay, stay who you are. I hope you just stay who you are. You, you're banging with these guys. You're fighting. Uh, when they're throwing punches, you're throwing punches with them. And you're making it exciting. But at the same time, um, I, I think that that right hand is, is something to keep a good investment with man so i wish you all the luck in the world clay and thanks for coming on leaving the ring man really appreciate it yeah thank you guys for having me i hope you have a great night you too thank brother. you too clay all the best all right thanks guys there you go clay with us uh i guess the, the, the beginning of the interview started really bad with choppy uh, it's just my internet, man. I, I have to actually, I called them already and they got to fix it, do whatnot with it and stuff, man. But um, in a little bit here, I believe at six o'clock, we're going to have Diego Magdaleno with us. Um, if you want to call in, you certainly can. Uh, 347-215-7598 here on Leaving the Ring. Uh, we got to get Kenny back. We need to start like a a, a, a Patreon or some type of uh, GoFund. Bring Kenny back. You killed Kenny. Oh, car. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta bring him back. Uh, uh, before I open up the uh, the lines right now, uh, why is UFC? Let me ask you this, Mokar. Why is yeah. UFC doing far better than boxing? This is something that been rolling into the Leaving the Ring Gmail. Folks are like, "What's going on?" I mean, how are they able to muster up a better a better fight card, better fighters to step in the octagon? They have pay per view ready. They got their fans excited, and we're kind of stuck with the shuffle of prospects and other guys that they're trying to build up their name. But the elite guys are sitting out saying they're not stepping in there until later if the, or the money's got to be right. I think it really boils down to the fact that the UFC is a highly exploitative monopoly that underpays its fighters and who can control their careers a lot more than a boxing promoter can. Because guess what? A boxing promoter has rival promoters. Um, You know, boxers have more options and boxers are far better paid uh, than UFC fighters. So, you know, just on the financial standpoint, if you are a top uh, UFC guy, you're making a few hundred thousand dollars a fight. If you are a top um, boxer, uh, you're making seven or eight figures. You can afford to sit out for a little during Corona. I mean, look at the stars of the sport. Uh, Triple G, uh, Canelo, uh, Anthony Joshua. You know, the, the list goes on. Tyson Fury. Each and every one of these guys can afford to retire right now. Uh, the top UFC guys, they're not. A lot of them are not millionaires. They have to fight to earn a living. So, 
if they're if they're told, you know, let's show up uh, in two weeks or two months and yeah, you, you'll get this little paycheck, they're going to be more inclined to do it than a boxer would. Absolutely. You know, the talks of kudos to the, these UFC fighters because they're risking their lives. They're willing to put their lives on, even with the COVID-19. Um, they're showing they have bigger cojones than boxers. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're only, um, like you said, it's a monopoly with the UFC. So Dana really has the last word. You know, how many of these guys have you seen uh, these UFC guys? Really, I mean, they're starting to stand up, but really make a stand to him and say, no, I'm not doing this. You know, um, yeah, if they I've... do, if they do, they got, they, they have this strong following now, like a Conor, Conor McGregor. But even him, he still took knee to him to Dana White when Dana said, you need to jump. Yeah, but I mean, to me, it's not even an issue of one being tougher than the other. I. I don't think that the person who's bagging my groceries at the supermarket is any tougher than me. But during this whole COVID-19, I'm a teacher. I got to work from home and and be safe in here and teach my classes online. Whereas the guys that I see every time I go grocery shopping, they didn't have the luxury of doing that. They had to go to work and put themselves at much more risk uh, than I did. So for me, it's really just uh, uh, an issue of, but even the mid-level guys in boxing get paid far more than the top-level guys other than McGregor and maybe a couple others in, in the UFC. I mean, there used to be a pretty simple uh, formula. If a boxer uh, sold, you know, a half million pay-per-views, he made seven figures. If he sold, you know, a million pay-per-views, he's making eight figures. Um, if he's selling high into the multiple um, – uh, million, so two or three million, he might even be touching nine figures, a.k.a. like you just look at Pacquiao and Mayweather. They, they would have UFC shows that were generating a million and a half plus buys where the, mm-hmm. where the UFC guys were making a few hundred thousand dollars in main events. It's just a far more exploitative uh, system. And like you said, David, the guys have far fewer options and are more likely to jump when they're being told to uh, than a boxer would. Yeah, and that's, you know, that, look, I think what a lot of folks don't even understand, too, that a fighter life is, it's very isolated. I don't care for MMA or any athlete, honestly, very isolated. They they really don't have that interactive relationship with the outside world because their life is consumed with training, you know, look, looking for the right regimens, um, Resting, eating correctly, it's a rollout. And if a UFC fighter is, is trying to make ends meet, Dana White says, this is what's going to happen. You're going to fight at the Fight Island or you're going to fight at the, uh, you know, New York or whatever the case, wherever the spot they decide to make. They have to, because of contract, uh, Go forward with that. There is no like, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to risk my life. I don't want to, you know, blah, 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 because it's, it's really up to Dana. He's the one that's able to move the pawns on the board, whereas in boxing, it's completely different. Boxers are, have a kind of more, not more, but a whole lot more leg room when it comes to making decisions with their careers. Not the ones that are trying to make a name for themselves, but are elite fighters they certainly do. They're able to say, like, no, I don't want to do that because of the high pay they are receiving. 
Now, is that a bad thing for boxing? Yeah, for us boxing fans. But it certainly isn't for the um, fighters themselves. Whereas UFC, they are bounded by contract from the UFC and Dana White to step into that cage when they're told to. So, Well, you just heard Clay say it himself. I mean, I asked him very directly, do you guys right. rely on the win bonuses? And he said yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> boxers don't rely on win bonuses. Boxers get a purse. They show up. They get paid. UFC fighters get a purse. They need... They're, they need to win to, to earn a decent a decent uh, wage for, for their work. So it's a totally different level of of, of pay and, and exploitation. And some folks would say, like, how did this how did this happen? Like, how was that UFC and Dana White and and the, all the other guys that are involved in this uh, able to, to draw this up and get people to sign this? Well, it's a new sport. It hasn't been around as long as boxing. Boxing has been a long, around much longer. So, it, let, let me let me let me put it this way: If Dana White, I mean, if Bob Arum, Al Heyman, Oscar De La Hoya, any of these guys you mentioned right now, Eddie Hearn, Matchroom, if they can monopolize this sport, they would do it. And they've tried. They've tried. Yeah. Have they not? They've tried. You know, the thing is, is that. Dana came in on the right time, the right, you know, right era of saying, hey, this is a new sport. Let's see what we could do with it because um, the guys that created it, which was the Gracies, you know, obviously they couldn't take it to that next step, couldn't take it to that next level. You know, it, it had kind of died and fizzled out, if you remember, in the early 90s. And uh, Dana was like, hey, no way, uh, we could do something with it. So, they were able to put a stamp on it, and they were smart enough to not allow other organizations to to build a strong following, to create this massive buzz that UFC had. So they decided to buy out like Pride that you had mentioned to me, a mill car earlier, and uh, Strikeforce. They went in yeah, and so here, it. Like, here's my other question: If the UFC is so great, well, weren't we hearing all last year that Dana White was getting in the boxing? Didn't we hear that he was going to have a big announcement in, like, what was it, September, then it was October, then nothing happened? Well, if they're so good and they're so great when it comes to their business, why haven't they come in and run their boxing shows? What's stopping them from doing that? Where, hmm. where are their boxing cards? Right? If the UFC is so great, why aren't we seeing boxing cards being run by the UFC? Didn't Dana say he was going to get into the sport late last year? Oh, he's been saying that for so long, you know. I think, you know, I think what I think uh, uh, it's like it's you know what it reminds me of is like when you when Manny Pacquiao was in, well, yeah, Manny and and Floyd Mayweather at the top of their career, every fighter wanted to attach their name. You know, uh, I remember Gennady Golovkin would mention uh, Floyd. I remember Sergio Martinez would mention Floyd and Pacquiao. Uh, and I think that's what Dana does. You know, he likes to attach his name to boxing because regardless of how they think of boxing as an old head sport, truth of the matter is it's a world sport. You know, yeah. in, in, in a lot of countries, there's only three major sports and boxing is one of them. It is a niche sport here in the States, but go anywhere else. Uh, boxing is a very high profile sport to a lot of folks. It, it carries Absolutely. the backs. You know, it carries on their back countries. 
there's a country and let's be honest, out of there's, it. there's also a very big kind of racial divide uh, yes. between uh, the demographics that follow boxing and that follow UFC. Um, the U, the UFC, you know, are more. I don't want to get too political here, but let me just say that a lot of the people that that watch UFC are calling for walls to go up, and a lot of people that watch right. boxing are, are 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 the descendants of immigrants or immigrants themselves. Um, you look at the at the different groups of people that are that are watching the younger fighters coming into the sport of boxing. Tank Davis has a huge following. There's no Tank Davis in the UFC. No. You know, you, you talked about Ryan Garcia. He's got a huge there following. Go. Right. There's no, exactly. there's no Ryan Garcia in the UFC. Um, you know, and even even if you talk about about uh, overseas in MMA, um, yeah, MMA was is, is kind of big in Japan, but it's not as big as boxing is. There's no there's no exactly. MMA fighter in Japan that's as big as the monster in a way. You know, there there's a, it's just it's just totally different and. It always frustrates me when people try to compare it. They're two different sports. Uh, they've got two different right. fan followings. Um, they're, they're marketed and they're promoted and they're organized in two totally different ways. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, when I hear about boxing fans, you know, longing for the UFC, trust me, you wouldn't want boxing being run like the UFC. You wouldn't. You absolutely wouldn't. You know, I mean – I think that the UFC is doing – I think the UFC has done a great job in, in some parts of what they do, or else they wouldn't be where they're at. You know, there is no knocking what they have accomplished and what they could do, you know. But as to sit back and say, what are they doing right and what is boxing doing wrong that we're not getting these fights immediately? Well, you have to look deeper of what the – you know, what, what has been rolled out as a plan or contract – among fighters, you know, I mean, look, I saw numerous people applauding and congratulating um, Masvidal, who had a six, six what, what, I think, it, I, I, I don't follow UFC that much, but I think it was like six weeks out or less when he decided to get into the ring with uh, Usman, right? Is that his name? And yeah, um, the, uh, I didn't see the fight. I didn't see. I didn't see it either, right? I didn't see it either. I don't even know who won. Yeah, but yeah. Full disclosure. Well, Masvidal lost the fight. It went all. They went to distance, and he clearly looked. um, I saw the highlights. I didn't watch the fight, but I watched the highlights. He clearly looked gassed. He looked out of shape. And there was a lot of boxing people that were like, you know, before the fight happened, saying like, "See, this is what fight. You know, fighters need." don't need that full camp that they're asking for, or, you know, this, these guys are showing like, you know, these guys, UFC guys are showing true balls too grit, you know? Oh my God. But then we saw Masvidal who did that. Yeah. He jumped in there. He jumped, jumped at the chance of beating the champion because it would only up his credibility in his stats. You sit back and you watch his highlights and you saw the performance. You wonder, was it such a great idea? Do fighters, boxers, understand the conditioning is pretty much the the add-on to a win that helps yeah, you, you know win. If you're in preparation that's a good that's a good point because it's it's linked to something that we discussed uh previously which was people not wanting to fight canelo and and 
I actually saw an interview last week with Billy Joe Saunders where he made it a lot of sense to me at least, um, which is that he doesn't want to take a Canelo fight if he doesn't have the kind of training camp that he needs. And right. uh, he said he'd never really be able to live with himself if he took a fight for just the money uh, without uh, training appropriately and then lost. He's like, look, I have no problems losing to Canelo. People lose uh, to better people, but I don't want to lose to Canelo because I didn't have a good training camp and then always having that kind of at the back of my mind. And then he also was just talking about right. they were essentially using, using his name, which I think is true because as he put it, look at the guys that are talking about Canelo fighting now. None of them are up to the level of a Billy Joe Saunders. So if they're offering those guys the kind of money that they're offering Billy Joe Saunders, it meant that they were never really offering Billy Joe Saunders much uh, in the way of a serious offer. And look, I don't know the whole story, but his argument seemed to make a lot of sense, at least to me. And like you said, you need a good fight camp and a good training if you're going to have a good performance in the fight. You do. And you know what? For, for folks to say, well, he's been training, he's been getting, you know, Masvidal, he's been training, he's ready, this is what fighters should be doing all the time. And then you see the guy. And I was like, man, I thought this guy was a little bit more cut up. I'm we'll go back and look at his last fight. He's pretty cut up. But here he looks a little flabby. He's got a little bit of a little beer belly there. Um, He's not, he doesn't seem that aggressive. He's not letting his hands go as much. You know, you, you could see there was something off with the kid. And then I go, well, this is why some fighters, elite fighters, are saying, hey, I need more time. Especially if there's money on the line. I mean, a lot of money on the yeah. line. You know? And, 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 yeah, I understand it, that. You know, and I think sometimes we jump this gun of like, we want to see our fighters get in there. We want to do this. But now we're not taking the, the account of, What's going on? Things are shut down. Gyms are shut down. Um, there's social distancing. Um, some places are worse off than others. As fans, we're asking for these guys to, to kind of put a rush into what they would normally, if they had a normal camp. And that's the thing. It's got to be a normal camp. How, much, how many things would they want to have to exclude out of that regular training camp that they would have done a year ago where they have to now adapt to now because they can't do certain things for certain reasons. It might be closed or it's not available for you at that time. So yeah. as frustrated as I am with the fight fans, because I, that's what I am first. I'm a fight fan first before I'm leaving in the ring. I have to look at like, well, shit, you know, um, I can't, I can't judge them because the only they know, only they know, you know, and a lot yeah. of them have mentioned Kobala and I've said, Kobala yeah. looked drained. Well, look what happened. To, look what happened to him. And look, any fight fan knows a serious fight fan that that level of a championship fight requires at least an eight week training, training camp. Right. Um, so, you know, for him to be offered a fight uh, now, and I said minimum, by the way, um, see, the, 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 the play here is Canelo's already been in training camp. So he starts his training camp, and then a few weeks in, he gives an offer, a low-ball offer, to a top fighter knowing that he won't take it so that now when he eats up on, on whatever lower-level guy he's going to sign the fight, uh, he doesn't look so bad because it's like, hey, I, I offered this to Billy Joe. He turned it down. That's not my fault. So 
Billy Joe did offer up a good opponent, I thought, in the interview. John Ryder, who took Callum Smith 12 rounds and gave him a lot of trouble. Right? He's a southpaw. He's tough as nails. Uh, He's a good inside fighter. You know, I think that, I think that's a, obviously a winnable fight for Canelo, but I think that that would be actually a, a, a close. Not necessarily, I think it would be close enough for a little while for to where it would be exciting, and I would accept that. But um, he has not been giving out legit offers, I don't think, to the top guys in the division. Well, no, and I think that because look, if the zones guaranteeing Canelo thirty five million, and it's a right. forty million dollar fight. And, you know, they got to, you know, somewhere got to fudge the numbers, uh, you know, and there's only like $3 million they can give up or $5 million. There's not a lot. And then here's the thing is the reason why it's probably being low-balled is because of gates, the gate numbers. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. there's a lot of money there. That's not going to be generated there. It's going to lose. Billy Joe had another great point, uh, David, which was if these were serious offers, how come we haven't heard of an offer to Callum Smith? How come we haven't heard of an offer to Jose Benavides Jr.? How come we haven't heard of an offer to Caleb Plant? Why, why well, did you want offer going going out to, to Billy Joe? I, right. Oh, yeah, Caleb Plant well, did Caleb, get an offer. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, 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 his, and his trainer was saying, like, look, uh, uh, you know, writers are 1.5. If that's what they're offering them, right? yeah, rightfully so. Get 1.5. But we're not. There's, there's yeah. more money for us, you know. The fans want to see us fight. You know, and and my guy's a tougher guy. Um, the two names right now that are being mentioned is Jason Quigley and uh, you know Ryder. I mean, uh, let me ask you, which one out of those two would you rather watch uh, Canelo step in? Since still seem to be the John, only name, John Ryder, John Ryder, or or Jason uh, Quigley. I def- I'm not interested in Quigley to be honest. It's got to be John Ryder. I mean, I, I when I think of Quigley, I'm thinking of a result similar to. Uh, uh, Ricky Haddon's brother, Matt Matthew Haddon, Matt Haddon when, he Matt, yeah. first, when he won his first title. I see it going <laughs> in the direction of that kind of fight. Or uh, his debut at the Garden. You know, the two-round, like, absolutely brutal uh, KO win he had when, when Canelo debuted at the Garden. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I at least think based on what Callum, uh, what happened to Callum Smith, that Ryder will give him a little bit, uh, at least a little bit of a test. But right. I don't think that the offers were probably that uh, that serious. But then again, I'm not really inside uh, and, and have the full details of what occurred. This is what I think, man. I think what's going to have to come down to, and I think this is what the zone's been fearing for for quite a bit because of the pandemic and, you know, the gates are going to be closed and what whatnot, right? Um, because now they have to really depend on pushing this product, which they haven't been doing shit. You know, I'm still being charged uh, a subscription fee, and I can't even log on because it's telling me I got to pay a whole annual year now. And it's not just me. They're doing it to a bunch of folks. Why and, would I uh, pay an annual year for what they're offering? Exactly. And there's nothing on there. So, this is this Whoa, is what actually, I think. Uh, 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 there is something on Ak and Barack. Come on, man. Oh, you can't, uh, you can't. Yes. oh, I forgot. Or or jabbing jabbing with uh, Chris Mannix. How'd I forget about that? That shit. <laughs> no, I, I like Chris. Don't don't get me wrong. I like Chris. You know, I actually enjoy listening to Chris here. But look, I think this is what they've been afraid of. Is they got to put yeah. them on? They're gonna have. They're, what's gonna happen? They're gonna have to put them on. 
with with Ryder or or Jason Quick. I think they're going to go the route with Jason. I, I seriously because Jason's with with Golden Boy. It just seems yeah. like it's a much easier fight to happen. Okay, um, mm-hmm. and their fear is that nobody's going to download the zone uh, app because I mean Jason. I mean who's he fought? Who what, what do we really know about this kid? Not a whole lot. He's an Irish kid, which you probably bring. The Irish fans, but I don't even think the Irish fans would put a betting uh, a bet on this kid because they know Canelo. This is a, kind of a stay busy type of fight, and uh, I think that it also shows that what's what's going on it, without the right opponent, they may not be able to draw those numbers that they would hope with Canelo. It's almost kind of free money given away for to Canelo. I think what they're they, what they're struggling and what they need to say is they need to make money back from signing Canelo onto this big, big major deal that they did from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still waiting for, I think we see uh, about another four more minutes. We should have Diego Magaleno. He's supposed to be calling in here on to leaving the ring. He signed on with PBC. Uh, we're, we're just, okay. So I'm just interested. Um, you know, finding out the game plan for him as well, man. You know, because uh, I believe he signed with PBC uh, before. I'm, if I'm pretty sure he signed with the uh, PBC uh, promotions before the whole COVID-19 shut everything down. You know, um, but I'm curious what was the um, what was the conversation piece between Al Heyman and himself, what in, what which kind of led him to say, "I'm going to go with you guys," uh, because. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you know if Amilcar, uh, if there was any any other any other offers. I think it was a great uh, great move on his part to go with PBC. Uh, COVID nineteen man has been knocking everybody out. They're undefeated. Yeah, they are. And despite what people say about the PBC, um, you know, you speak to fighters, and the PBC, uh, according to them, treats them quite well. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's hard to find anybody. I think out of twenty guys, I maybe have gotten one guy that had something bad to say about the PBC. But other than that, um, before uh, while we're waiting for him, let me ask you about tomorrow night on fights on ESPN uh, Top Rank. Uh, Isaac Dogbase could return against uh, Chris Avalos. What do you, what are you? Uh, um, what's your prediction about that, man? I'm actually really excited to see uh, Dog Bay uh, come back in, uh, get back into the ring, and see the whether or not. about it... Dog Bay. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Well, no, go for it. I was just going to say about Dog Bay, I always thought he was fighting a weight class too high. And um, I think w- when he lost the way he did, uh, it kind of showed that. Uh, he's a tough guy. Um, but I just think he was. I think he just fights at a a weight class that's too big for him. And I think anytime he gets back to the championship level, if he does, he's going to struggle because he's too small. That that's my, my opinion on on him. What do you think, David? Yeah, I think, yeah, I I could agree with that. You know, I think his style though of fighting is what's kind of got, got him where he's at. I think that when he fought Neverette, Neverette is just a kind of a freak. Uh, long arms, yeah. throws a lot of punches, um, never really cast out. Um, he was definitely the um, he was definitely the prescription that 
Dog Bay didn't need. You know, with Chris uh, Abelos is the another guy. Uh, for me, for 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 me personally, because um, Oscar Valdez is headli- is headlining the Jason Valdez fight, uh, which we'll talk a little bit, maybe a little bit about that. But uh, to me, right. the Isaac and Chris fight is the one that is really important to me because both guys got to make a statement. In order to stay in the circuit, they have to make a statement and make a case of why they should still be on, uh, you know, TV. Why should we want to watch these guys uh, be on a card, you know? And uh, I'm expecting some fireworks between these two guys. I don't know about you, bro. I do. I, I, and, and I think the level of opponent is, is good for him. Um, uh, you know, Chris Avalos, um, you know, is, is, a, is a winnable fight. I just think that for a guy who's five foot two, uh, that the super bantamweight division is is too much for him, and that he should really be trying to to, to make bantamweight. Um, right. I, that that I, I just I just think he's too small for the for 122 pounds. I think it's he's just too muscular. Just can't make it. Yeah. It, what? I mean, it, any time he fights a, a top fighter, I mean, I don't see the result being any different. Uh, they're not the, no. the top fighters at that weight class are, 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 you know, taller than five foot two. I mean, Inouye's five five, and he's a weight class below him. You know, Inouye's at one eighteen, and he's five yeah. five. Dog Bay's five two, and he's at one twenty two. He just looks so small against Navarrete. I just couldn't. I just can't see him. Um, being oh, that, bro, he looks that, tiny. That yeah, and, that, and that's he couldn't use that. He couldn't use that little man syndrome style um, against Neverette. I mean, I don't know how much taller Chris is, is but it's going to be an eight-round fight. Uh, I'm excited about it. Like I said, I think both guys got to make a statement to make their case of, uh, of yeah. them moving up, moving on, on, um, getting on, the, uh, getting some of the better fighters, which means bigger pay and stuff. Let me let me bring on. Um, I believe we have uh, Diego. Magdaleno with us. Diego, are you there, brother? I'm here. Thank you for having me. ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué pasó? How you been, brother? I, it's been a minute since we uh, last talked to you. It's been a while, but, I mean, I'm in a, in a much better place than, you know, I was a year and a half ago. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's good, man. Lots, That's good. That's changed. Yes. A lot, lots of things have changed dramatically. I'm still processing everything. So that leads to my first question. You went with PVC. You signed a deal with PVC. What was the what was the the what enticed you, man? What made you go? I'm gonna go with these guys. What did they promise you that they'll get get for you? Well, I mean, look, PVC right now they've they've got a lot of the champions, a lot of the ones that everyone wants to see and fight. Um, I've, I go back with all these fighters too, you know, every, every time I made it to the nationals in the, uh, in the amateurs, you know, I, you see a lot of the fighters that were out there, you know, with holding belts right now. Um, but you know, just being there and being a part of their, their team, it was funny because Sam Watson was the first one to greet me upon walking out of that victory. When I came down the stairs, he opened with wide arm, open arms. He goes, he goes walking to the team. At that point, I was like, wow, things are, are back to where they're supposed to be. You know, I saw 
I saw a big, bright future ahead of me as soon as he said that. And I, you know, I, I leaned in, gave him a hug, and I was like, all right, let's 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 keep this uh, this show going. So, I mean, what they're talking about is for my future is, you know, I would like for them to put me in front of a Gervonta Davis eventually. You know, that's the fight I'm looking for. Um, I'm ranked number eight in the world in that, for the IBS, so winning this fight will definitely put me in the, in the top spot, I, I, I believe, you know. And and at this point in my career, that's that's where I'm headed, you know, the world titles. I, I've been – I've came so close. Who in the hell is going to come, you know, this close? The third time is a charm for me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm grown. I've learned so much. I've been through hell and back. You know what I mean? I know what to expect now. So right. I'm going no matter what. I'm going. I'm going balls out. Do you feel like? Do you feel like you got a, a a major player on your side this time around? Do you feel like okay, I got somebody that's gonna go uh, to bat for me and get me what I want? Yeah, definitely. I I played the B side since my last you know for I don't know last four years. <laughs> you know, being being the opponent. You know, and I. I I, I went in. I went to Nashville, and I and I took what uh, what I you know what was mine. I, I went down there, and I, and I just took it. All the odds were against me. I was fighting a hometown kid. I was fighting you know the promoter, the judges. Everyone was on the opposite side, you know. So uh, it's just that it's, it's things like that that just make you grow as a fighter too. It's like whoa, it's you think it's impossible, but you get in there and you do it, and you focus, and hmm. and man. And now the tables turn. Now I'm on the opposite side, like you said. And now I'm, you know, I feel like they are gonna look out because I, I impressed them. They told me to my face, "Hey, you got you impressed the hell out of me." Um, and I think a lot of it was from, you know, everyone saw the last fight, you know, over a year ago, and they were like, you know, he's done, he's done. But I went in there, I showed them something different, and they were like, "Wow." So that's what I plan on doing for for you know the next fight for the remainder of my career is, is wowing everybody. Yeah. Uh, Diego, it's a milk car. Uh, it was great speaking to you again. We spoke last time you were on the show and it's exciting to hear the news that, you know, you're kind of taking the reins of your career and spearheading it towards a new direction. I'd like to know kind of uh, what, what led to you really taking the decision to, to join the PBC? What, what about it specifically, uh, to appeal to you as a boxer? Um, their platform, you know, the, the fighters, um, how they run their shows, just everything, the people behind it, you know, uh, there's, there's really, really intelligent people who, who know this sport, who've been around long, way long and put their, you know, their due diligence behind it, you know, to, to set up the right fights and, and to move the fighters where they need to be. That, that alone, you know, I'm like, okay, this is where I need to be. I, I'm no longer uh, an up-and-comer. I am uh, – I'm a veteran in this game now. Let's, let's figure this – let's figure it out, put the numbers there, and, and, and let me get in the ring and do my job. You know, I, I, I don't know about you, Milkar, but I think for Diego, if, uh, if when it comes back, when PBC decides to come back, and if they don't got nothing scheduled for you, uh, Diego, I would not mind hearing you commentate, bro. And you know what's funny? Earlier in my career with Top Rank, um, ESPN did approach me. They approached mm-hmm. me with, you know, hey, you know, we, sh- we should figure something out. Have you ever thought about it? 
And I said, look, I, I went, when I was going to community college, uh, just shortly after uh, high school, I took some classes and uh, I went to, yeah, community college, CSN in Southern Nevada, and I took some classes there. And um, I soon dropped out because I, I decided to turn pro. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, you know, put my head. I was so, like, this is my profession. I'm going to do it. So I dropped out of the classes I was taking. I was taking communications and stuff like that, going towards the marketing side because it's always been something that I did focus on and I liked it. You know, when I was, when I took drama in seventh grade, you know, I took it seventh grade and eighth grade and it was kind of something like where I wanted to find myself. So, um, I recently did a show with, um, the best in boxing and they they broadcast, uh, fights in, in, uh, Tijuana and hmm. Armando Barreno who brought me on the longest team, a while back and he just got it up and running again. And, you know, I, I did the show, it was a live show a podcast that he runs uh, and he showcases, you know, these small time fighters, they are in their, you know, just the pro debuts and nothing more than, you know, 10 fights. And I got a lot of good feedback. So when, when you bring that up and you bring it to my attention, it's definitely something that kind of motivates me and pushes me a little forward to, to do something like that. I'm, I'm I'm super uh, excited for it. So yeah, I would love to do something. What have 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 they spoken to you about the plan for? I mean, are are you sitting out uh, the rest of 2020, or, or is there something scheduled that they're talking to you about so far? So my next fight, they're talking about August 22nd could be the 28th and then my contract it did say possibly even the first week in in September September 5th I think is the Saturday um uh for my next fight so it's covid has this this entire world just you know unsure about anything you know but hmm. but I'm yeah. scheduled to fight Isaac Cruz uh from Mexico City um another young young uh young kid you know, who's who's willing to come and take my head off? You know, come August twenty second. As as that as far as that goes, um, that's the the date I have in in mind. They haven't changed anything, but that's the fight that's going to put me in in position to to claim the IBS title. Now, um, it's Yofimo who holds that title and who's going to be fighting uh, Lomachenko. So that that'll be. That'd be uh, really good to see. I believe, in my opinion, uh, Loman Tanko takes that one. Really? Why is that? He's just um, overall Lomachenko is. Um, you know, they built they built Teofimo to be this 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 like one hitter quitter type guy, right? Um, and in my fight, you know, I didn't go a hundred percent. I didn't go ninety. I didn't go eighty percent. That fight that I was in there, I was six weeks before, you know. Um, and I decided as a fighter um, that I was gonna. I, I overruled everyone, but it was my decision. I was still gonna go and 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 fight. And you know, it didn't turn out the way you know it was supposed to. I wasn't at my best, but um, I feel that Lomachenko has. Uh, the ability, just just his, his boxing, you know, he's, he's talked about pound for pound because of his boxing ability. He's in there and he gives you these angles, and I think that's something that Kofiim uh, was going to have some 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 problems with. You know, he it, it's the movement. You can't 
hit a solid target that's right there in front of you. And when I got loose and I got reckless, I was a solid target, which made him look great in landing those big shots. Um, I, looking at right, the fight. I was gonna, look, I, you know what? This, what I was going to say was this, is that listeners are going to go like, oh, Diego, but you got knocked out. Oh, Diego, you're just sounding, you know, yeah. uh, 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 bitter about it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, no, I, mean, I went after the fight, uh-huh. I went over there and shook his hand, congratulate him, so there was no bitterness there, you know, but I understand what you're saying. Right, but I mean, that's a fight that you would want as a rematch, right? Oh, definitely, I would say, yeah, I wouldn't say no to any fighter out there, you know, um, I, I go in there with a strategy, I go in there with, with my heart, and I, if I haven't showcased and proven that already, that I go balls to the hall, to the wall when I get when I get in the ring, you know I, I I'm a fighter, I'm a warrior in there, and that's pretty much everything. What everyone was saying after after my after that fight in particular, you are you went down like a warrior, and and you kept getting up. You're you're courageous. You, you are you are of something else. You, you're like a zombie, just kept coming back, coming back. I'm like, hey man, that's who I am. That's my personality. There's no quitting in me ever. You know I've been put down. I'll get back up and keep fighting. And that's I think what what the fans love about I love about me, you know, and um, right. Uh, I, I just look forward to getting back out there. Awesome. So, who are you tar- targeting, Diego? Uh, you know, uh, Teofimo Lopez aside, like who who are the top names? I'm, I'm guessing they would be PBC fighters, right? Uh, yeah. Gervonta Davis is is the one that I would target. You know, um, if any of those other fights were possible and could be made, which I know they can, but the one in, in my uh, division would be the, uh, would be tank. You know, I would target him. Um, I feel that um, he has. Javier Fortuna is with the PBC too, isn't he? That's right. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. That's exactly right. And I think he's got a fight with, uh, with uh, Linares, I think. Right. They just, did they just sign something? Yeah, I believe. I yeah. mean, I mean, yeah. What we see right now, yes. But um, you know, that can all change. You know how boxing is. Oh yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. yeah absolutely. I got. I got. My, yeah. Here's my last. Here's my last. My last question for you. I don't know if a milk cars guy anymore, but this is my last one for you. Um, hey, your brother just got announced right now uh, that um, the sanction wants. Your your brother to fight uh, Neverete. Uh, let me let me ask you, what are your thoughts about that fight? I love that fight. I think it's a huge fight. I think it's it's big. Navarrete's got a big big fan base. You know, they're both Mexican fighters. Um, I think the sport of boxing wants to see that, especially since there hasn't been a big big good fight like that one. That that's a big name. I think. Uh, shit, Jesse Jesse's his own worst enemy you know jesse can beat anybody at 26 jesse could beat hands down i, I it, it could be anybody jesse's just solid you know what i mean his speed his you know his last fight the guy just kept nutshotting him but um jesse getting in the ring in the right frame of mind and shape and you know he's 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 he can't beat him but like I said, he's his own worst enemy. You know, we all know that. And um, Jesse's starting to see, hey, these fights are only bigger, better. He wants to get back on top where he where he was, and he wants to own it. He wants to be able to defend it. 
Um, we talk about about this all the time. He goes, "Hey, I want to go out there. I want." Uh, we share something in common. That's our two sons that we both have and, and we both love. And he goes, now, you know, it's different. You know, it, I'm not fighting for me. I'm not, I have something to fight for now. I fight for, for Leo, you know, and I come the same. The same works for me. We go to work and, and we kick ass and we come back home and celebrate with our kids. Who, do you, who would you have? Who, uh, Milkar, who would you have in that fight, man? What do you think about that? I love the fight, first off. I think it's going to be a great fight. That's a good one, and I, I, I agree with, with uh, Diego about Jesse. I think if he trains appropriately and dedicates himself, I mean, there's, there's no one out there that he, can't, that he can't put up a great performance against. What, is the, what weaknesses do you see right now with Neverette? If, I mean, if you, I mean, obviously you're going to be talking to your brother about this. What would be one of the like, things that you would point out for Jesse to, to keep an eye on? And, and work on? Um, Navarrete is, he's a solid guy, but I see, and, and this, this goes with any fighter too, but when, when, he, when he feels like he struck you or he decides he wants to open up on power, he starts to open up. And that's where, yeah. that's where my brother can come in, when he opens mm. up. You know, because it's, it's not A to B. For him, it's, he opens up to make that, that make that solid blow. He wants he wants to take you out, but he's putting way too much behind it, too much emphasis, and it's it's showing. You know, um, that's where that's where you can sneak something in, and Jesse's fast enough to do something like that. Oh man, I I, I hope it it follows through, and I hope it happens. Um, and know, I like the place. fact that he's tall. Never read there, right? Taller than my brother. Yeah, my brother likes yeah. we we like fighting taller guys. For some reason, we know how to get make our way inside. You know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's never it's never our whole amateur career. Every time we got in there, we always got in there with taller guys. So for us, it's like, hey, the first two rounds starts off slow until we start digging that body. We start digging that body, we, and we get we get past their 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 guard, and and we start ripping them. How do you? Let me I ask have, you this. I, go ahead. I'm sorry, Milkar. Go for it. What are you gonna say? No, no. I was just gonna uh, ask uh, Diego how what he felt about um, Verdejo's performance and if he saw it because I know Verdejo's another guy in his in his weight class. It's kind of on the comeback trail. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um. You know, that's a fight that's been approached to me a couple, or we've approached a couple times in the past. When when uh, I was still signed to uh, to top rank, but he. He always priced himself out. I mean, he, um, he's, he's, he looked good. He looked good in his fight, but I don't know. Who has he really fought? Who has he fought? Has he been tested? I don't think so. I, I haven't hmm. seen anybody that he's been in the ring with that he's, that he's, you know, like a real big name, somebody that, that, um, No, he's you know, definitely been riding the, the, the tailwind of his amateur career. Uh, as a pro, you're sure. right. He hasn't really... He hasn't really tested himself. No, he hasn't. Yeah. No. But um, hey man, he got he got in there. He did his job. You know, that's that's the important part. You get in there, and and no matter who they put in front of you, you just you don't turn it down. And that, that's one thing that I can favor myself for. I've never turned any fighter away. I I've stepped up to every challenge and 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 taken it, whether I was supposed to or or where I should have or or, or shouldn't have. You know, but I'm I, 
I, I continue. I, I continue trucking. You know, it's it's. Uh, I love I love the sport of boxing, and uh, I, I yeah, I'm a hundred percent to it. Mm-hmm. Well, man, and like I said, it's always a pleasure having you on, brother. We can't wait to get you know. When when that fight is coming up, I'd like to get you back on, you know, and we could talk about that schedule fight. Hopefully, it follows through that the COVID-19 doesn't uh, TKO that schedule. Uh, for yeah. The, the, you know, you've done, you know, and stuff, man. But um, thanks for coming on, uh, bro. I, I really appreciate it, man, oh, as always, bro. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, which is yeah thank you so much, Diego. Yeah, I was with my brother, and I was talking to him, and I was like, hey, we got big, big plans. You know, we can both have titles at the end of this year or the start of the next year. And he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, because, uh, you know, I, I've been doing real estate for a little over a year in Vegas, and oh, wow. he did approach me with, with my, well, yeah, he says, hey, you know, I just fought. I got another fight coming up. Um, You know, I, I what would you think about, you know, where should I where should I, 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 I buy my next house? So I told him a couple of places. And then at the end of it, we kind of just sat down, looked at each other and, and we're like, well, why don't we do something together and partner up on, on, you know, on a couple of places. Right. We can start building some rentals. And he, and he, he thought about it and, and I think we might just do that, you know, it's something that we can do together. He trusts me, obviously. You know, he came to me, he was asking for for my advice. Cause I've done some, so I've made some good money in in real estate on my first and second house. Um, so he goes, hey, your your uh, you know, your routine and where, where, how you do things is is a great way. I let's let's do something. So we we definitely have to motivate ourselves like i said we shared the same ideas with our son now we're we're starting a whole new project in real estate so um we definitely need to get in there work hard train hard and get these victories to accomplish that <laughs> yeah no definitely brother hell yeah man no we wish you all the luck man i hope you guys uh are able to fulfill yeah. everything if, that hey, you guys are chasing yeah comes around you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say no to that. You know, I, I love say being do it. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, do it, brother. Oh, anyways, man, we got to get going on over here on Leaving Me, man. I appreciate you calling in, man. It was a pleasure. All right, no as problem. always. I enjoyed it. Okay. Bro. Yeah, thanks, Diego. Hope to have you on again. Well, there you go, Diego Magaleno, uh, signed with PBC. You heard it. Uh, hopefully, he gets his fight. Hopefully, uh, COVID nineteen doesn't uh, knock out, not knock that out of the ring. Uh, he gets back in there and uh, works at uh, towards getting that title. Anyways, uh, we got one call here on Leaving the Ring. Let's patch him in really quick, Mokar. Area code oh. 915. You're on live right now on Leaving the Ring. What's on your mind? 915, you out there? Hmm. No, we knocked that one out of the park. I guess we don't. Um, hey, really quick, man, I want to bring up, uh, I mean, obviously we already talked about the Neverette and uh, Jesse Magaleno fight, which I hope uh, happens and uh, follows through and stuff. Another potential fight that's being talked about, it's been kind of thrown out by both fighters. They're kind of chasing each other. And uh, Terrence Comfort, who is considered one of the pound-for-pound welterweights of the world, is welcoming uh, 140 Jose 
Ramirez out of Fresno, California, who's got a tough schedule ahead of himself as well. I mean, there are talks of him, uh, you know, if Postal, I, I don't know what's going on with that fight, but if that goes through and it happens, he's looking at maybe getting in with uh, Josh Taylor, but saying that that might be the end. He wants to unify, then move up and possibly uh, face Terrence Crawford, since Terrence Crawford really doesn't have anybody at the moment that seems like a big possibility of them uh, stepping in with uh, Crawford. What do you think about that, bro? Um, I'm not interested in that fight, and I'll tell you why. Really? Go ahead. Let me tell yeah, you. I mean, I'd like to see Terrence Crawford face a welterweight. Face a welterweight. <laughs> I mean, oh, is that too much to ask? Me both. No. I mean, he won the title against Jeff Horn, and since then, and I don't even really consider that a good victory, and since then, he hasn't done anything of note to me in the welterweight division. I'd like to see Terrence Crawford fight an actual welterweight, not a guy from 135 pounds, not a guy from 140 pounds moving up to fight him. I'd like to see him fight a welterweight. And until that happens... I'm not going to be excited. And I don't want to hear him calling out Pacquiao. Pacquiao's in his 40s. Pacquiao's a senator. I'm not interested in that fight either. I want him to face a welterweight. When do we start labeling Terrence Crawford as a cherry picker? Are we there? I mean, I've I've been there. Mm. You know, no disrespect to Amir Khan or to Kavalishkis, but I wasn't really – too excited about those fights. And he went to you know? the nail with Cavalicius. Uh, you yeah, know, that was did. a back and forth. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I mean, here, here's know, the thing. Sean Porter was offered to him, and he said no. Because, you know, really the friend relationship, which I thought I was just stupid. Okay. If that was even, you know what I mean? Like, for him to even bring that in, uh, the whole equation of them stepping in the ring, right? You know, well, he's my friend. He would have been the best guy on your resume to date. By far. By far, right? And then then Danny Garcia, like no call of Danny Garcia, uh, Keith Thurman. None of those names are being like Well, you know who I'd up. be more but excited he, to see him fight? I'd, I'd, I'd like to see him fight like a Jordanis Ugas. I think that would be a good fight. Mm-hmm. I think Ugas would test him, if not even beat him. I mean, he... I have not seen him do anything at 147 pounds. I, w- I, would, I would like to see him against uh, Virgil Ortiz before I'd like to see him against, um, you know, guys coming up from 140 pounds. Four Even pounds, Jose yeah. Ramirez, who I think is a really good fighter. He has unfinished business at 140. I want to see him fight Josh he Taylor. I, yeah, and which I believe is a very tough, tough fight. Let me try again. Uh, area code... Uh, 915, you're on live right now. Leave the ring. Are you there? What's going on? What's going on? What's brother? Good, brother. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Hey, I, I, I agree, man. I It's time for Crawford to step up and, and you know, <laughs> and fight a welterweight. Like, I, I need him to. But <laughs> I just have two disagreements, though. Um I don't have a problem with the Manny Pacquiao fight. Manny hmm. Pacquiao just beat Keith Thurman. He uh, he had pretty he solid. He's been on a pretty good streak lately, and I think the Horn win was a good win. I mean, 
Let's, I mean, even though, even though I feel Pacquiao should have probably won that fight, nonetheless, he had a win over Pacquiao, and, you know, and, and he handled him pretty good, you know. So, but, but that aside, it's still a little underwhelming, his run at welterweight, and, and it's, it's time. It's, it's, when, I hear, when I hear him say things like, I'm not going to take any type of pay cut, e- e- even without, you know, even during COVID with no audience, that's just putting barriers upon barriers in, in, in terms of making these fights happen. You know, he sounds so, like a diva, and, and doesn't he? He sounds like a diva. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, know? you got to be realistic. got to be realistic. If there's less money on the table, everyone, including yourself, is going to make less money. Like, it's just the way it is. You know, that's common sense. But for that aside, um, mm. look, the Ugas fight is a great fight. And Ugas has a win over him in the amateurs. I get it's the amateurs, but, but it's, it's something they could kind of build upon. You know, I agree. And, and it's a little, it's a little bit of a storyline. You know, let's do it. You know, uh, the Sean Porter fight could be made. Uh, Danny Garcia, like whatever it is, like like I'm a all the above approach. Call them all out, not just Pacquiao, all of them. You know, Same. and be that's that's what I think. I also think that Ugas beat Porter, so I'm actually more interested in that fight than I would have been in the Porter fight, anyways. I think it's a very interesting style matchup for him, and it is Ugas gives everybody problem. a 147 problem. I just don't think that fight will happen. I think the reason is because Porter has more of a fan base than Ugas, you know. And Ugas stylistically, I have not seen. Have you guys seen uh, Crawford against a style of, of, of Ugas? I haven't seen him fight somebody that kind of brings that intelligence into the ring. That's that's a style that we haven't seen Crawford. I know a lot of folks are like, well, you know, Crawford has figured this guy, Crawford's, figured, but he's figured out guys with certain handicaps. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Uh, well, he, he had a tough time style. figuring out Kavaliskis. He didn't exactly figure him out. I don't think he took Kavaliskis very uh, serious. I think he thought he was going to go out there and blow out a guy that, that a lot of folks were saying that he was going to do. I think that was the issue with him. He went out there celebrating before having that victory. You know? And, you know, I agree with you, D-Style, that the, the win over Horn was a good win because it was the first step of him, uh, you know, the red carpet for him being welcomed into the uh, welterweight division. But I, I sit back and I just go, hmm, when we, you know, I mean, uh, like I said, I don't see him mentioning anybody else's names except for guys that could potentially bring him the big pay-per-view money, uh, uh, you know, purse. And it's like, Again, I think the thing of pound for pound has gotten to the head of a fighter, like a lot of fighters. Pound for pound, when it's waved around to them, that's like, oh, then I should get paid three times as much. When, yeah, when... look, man, the reality is, you know, Mayweather was the pound for pound king, and he wasn't one of the highest paid fighters. You know, and to get it to the pay-per-view market, he had to fight God, he, he Gotti, it was a slight lion's share, but Gotti got the lion's right. share of that money. You know what I mean? And it's just something that he knew he had to do. But you know why he did it? Because he knew he was going to beat Gotti anyway. You know, exactly. and if, if, if Crawford is confident that, you know what, let me fight a real welterweight so guys like T-Stop can shut up. You know what I mean? And then I can continue to do my thing. You know, there's no reason why he can't do it. And I think that there there is options. And 
I refuse to believe that a fight with Ugas can't be made. Like, you know what I mean? I just, like, PBC has, quote-unquote, loaned out fighters, whether it was Andy Ruiz with Anthony Joshua and on other networks. No, I'm so not saying that impossible. PBC. I think, I think PBC would be willing to do it. I don't think Crawford would want that fight. And I, I think it's because he's looking for the marquee Pacquiao name. That's what he wants, you know? And and th- that's what he's hoping for. Ugas doesn't bring that. Um, doesn't bring that, unfortunately. Yeah, he, he's got a – look, man, Crawford is in need of a very serious fight. And one thing I could say about the Horn fight, despite what I said, um, when's the last time Crawford's been in a fight where you said to yourself, man, you know what? I think this guy has a good shot at beating Crawford. Like, not since it's been a welterweight. I mean, that, that hasn't been the same. And, and I thought Porter Ugas would bring that. I thought Porter, honestly. I was like, Porter is a strong, bully welterweight that, that comes prepared every time. And he tests everybody's stamina, skills. He, right. he has a, he mm. has the, uh, 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 you know... He he knows how to erase certain things. He couldn't figure it out with Cal Brook, but he was after that Cal Brook. It almost went like he went back to the drawing board and was like, "All right, I got to figure something else to do." And um, I mean, he made, you know gave you know Keith Thurman a major run for his money, Errol Spence a major run for his money, you know. And that's why I was very interested in Crawford because, as folks know. I don't jump. I don't jump on the train until I know for sure that this guy is really the goods. And I still got questions uh, that are kind of you know lingering over Crawford's head at the moment. Um, I don't know. Uh, a milk car. What do you think? You think you think Crawford would take Ugas when when he's not even mentioning Danny Garcia of the no, world? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think he'd take Ugas. But I, that's just a guy I'd like him to see. I don't think Terrence Crawford is. Uh, was interested in fighting the top welterweights when he re-upped with his with top rank. Uh, if he was, he would have never signed a deal with top rank. He was interested in making money. There's no problem with that. But now he's in the lane that he's in. Um, he's not taking top, taking on top opponents, and I'm not interested in seeing him fight. All kudos to him for getting paid, but I'm not interested right. in these fights. I'm not uh-huh. interested in Jose Ramirez. I'm just not. So... That's kind of where not, I, where things are I'm for in, me. I'm interested in it because the fact that as I already know he's not going to fight any of the other welterweights, and this is the strange thing is that he's willing to wait for Jose Ramirez to actually up his career and his stat and possibly unifying the 140, then jumping up. Um, it would be a big fight. Uh, we got to get going over here on leaving ring. So I'll just give you my final thoughts here. Of, of what I think. I think that, that honestly, I think that Terrence Crawford has to get the stamp of a cherry picker. If we don't see him very soon uh, become restless and saying, hey, listen, I'll take Danny Garcia now, or I'll, you know, be more aggressive uh, outside of, of, of the whole uh, top rank, rank uh, realm, realm um, and then we kind of just know where he's at. He, he's not going to fight anybody. 
and he's going to sit back and he wants to get paid and he's going to, you know, uh, make the fight fans suffer. I know he's talking to Errol Spence, but let's be realistic. That's not going to happen anytime soon because Errol Spence needs a fight or two underneath his belt to see whether or not he's in full health uh, before he gets into a big fight. I don't know. Anyways, everybody that tuned in, leave a ring. Thank you. And I apologize for the difficulties in the beginning of the show, but we see we got it right. Um, as I said, we need to start a GoFund for Kenny to get him back here on leaving the ring. As always, Emil Carr, it's always a pleasure. Until next week Thank on you, Monday, same time. Yes. Sounds great, Remember, my man. There you go. Remember, guys, don't drink and drive. You will spill your beer. <laughs>